You're listening to the Morning Buzz. To the Morning Buzz. To the Morning Buzz. The Morning Buzz on 90.3. 90.3. 90.3. 90.3 WMSC. WMSC. WMSC Upper Montclair. Upper Montclair, New Jersey. As you know, over the weekend, WMSC has been awarded with four first place trophies in the Intercollegiate Broadcasting Systems Annual Awards. Those awards consisted of Best Programming Director, Best Business Manager, and Best Use of Sound Effects. But wait, Kyle, didn't you say that there were four awards? Oh, right. We also won Best College Station in the Nation with more than 10,000 students. I'm sorry. Excuse me? Yeah, we won Best College Station in the Nation with more than 10,000 students. The Best College Station in the Nation with more than 10,000 students? That's right, Lewis. The Best College Station in the Nation with over 10,000 students. We are so excited for this award. One year ago this week, we saw lockdowns come over our state and our country due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And we saw months of lockdowns and lives being changed for now over a year. But that didn't stop us. We got to work doing what we do best, continuing with live broadcasting, but also incorporating pre-recorded shows into our programming here on 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair. And none of what happened here at the station could have been possible at all without our wonderful general manager, Annabella Poland, who is here with us today. Thank you so much for joining us, Annabella, and congratulations. Congratulations to all of you guys, because this is your doing. Uh, I'm just taking, you know, leading the way and you guys have to follow. Uh, I cannot make you follow. Uh, This is not an activity that is a class. This is not a paid activity. This is an activity that you guys choose to do. uh, And there's plenty at Montclair State to do. Um, So congrats on choosing this activity and actually like driving it home right in a year that was beyond challenging in a year that we learned to do things slightly different um and uh yeah i can't believe that it's been a year since we were in new york city at the same conference on saturday i was thinking we went to that um spider-man pizza place (laughs) and uh we were celebrating ashley's birthday and um and then the world shut down, kind of. I mean, we were at Montclair State till March 18th. And that time when you guys were on spring break, we were able to come up with a plan to continue to broadcast and continue to broadcast from home because we knew we were going to be going home. Didn't know for how long. At the time, they had said two weeks <laughs> to flatten the curve. And uh, did we ever think we will be here? You know, we're in a <laughs> hybrid situation, but it is particularly cool that we took this award after four or five times we were nominated, uh, at least in my tenure. I can't speak for this uh, prior to me being at Montclair State or in college radio because I was in the industry, Uh, but this was the 81st annual. And uh, we were there many times before and walked away disappointed thinking, why why are we not measuring up, right? Like what's going on? and finally to get that nod, I think was so important uh, for our students and, and especially in such a challenging year. And also on the weekend of, you know, sort of um, a preview of Women's uh, International Women's Month uh, or day rather, in many countries they celebrate today, International Women's Day, even though March is Women's Month, right? And so to be a woman leader and radio, which, still pretty much uh, sort of a male-dominated industry uh, feels particularly great. 
Exactly. And of course, as we all know, broadcast media can many times be a male-dominated field. Right before the show, you were just mentioning that to us. Uh, so being a woman, obviously, yourself, how does it feel to achieve uh, this success leading these students into this award, into this year, in this crazy climate that we're seeing? It feels great. I mean, like, look at today's broadcast. I know that it's not always, uh, uh, you know, three of you men, right? But it, it is kind of representative of, of, of radio, um, very much so, because when we went to Marconi's, I, I was telling you prior to the show starting, I sat at a table with our then station manager. That was the first time we went in 2017. And I was the only woman in that, on that table. Uh, and, it, and I kind of tweeted at Women in Radio, which is an organization of women <laughs> who do radio. I was like, where are my women at, right? It, it was, it was uh, really eye-opening um, to see that. There are more positions opening up and I am so happy to, to have sort of opened a path for women to understand that this is, this is not just a male uh, industry. And then the following time we were nominated in 2019, I decided that I was bringing all women with me. And so my table had four, no, actually five women because there was a host, um, a, a duo of a morning show that were uh, married, so we're together. Um, so that was good and, uh, and it felt a little bit better. So I think that there are, there are changes being made and I think it's good changes because we need to represent our audiences. I think there needs to be done bit more and obviously when it comes to um, racial justice we also have to diversify the voices that are being amplified on the media right now so that we can actually uh, represent the people that are listening or watching our broadcast. And we know here at WMSC how much representation matters. That's why most of our shows, obviously, like you said, this is a bad example of it. But most, <laughs> most of our shows are very diverse. Uh, but right now, obviously, you're just talking to Kyle, Thomas, and myself. Well, uh, but I, to, be, to be fair, just because people are not hearing them or seeing them, we have three women, uh, in addition to me, on this um, Zoom call, right? So shout out to Amanda Marina, who's the morning show producer, right? She's here with you guys every morning, along with Kenny, right? Um, Emma is here as well. And uh, Khadija, I'm sorry if I am totally misphrasing, Khadija or Khadija, right? And so they are fact-checking our stuff. And so they are here, right? They are, they are part of this uh, broadcast. And if you tune into any of the other morning shows, you'll see that diversity. I think uh, WMSC is uh, very diverse when it comes to Oh, thank you. I did it right. I am so shocked and surprised. I haven't had enough coffee. <laughs> so uh, happy International Women's Day and month to these uh, wonderful three women who are part of the morning bus and all of the girls at the station, because you girls are, you know, sort of bringing that diversity. And I hope that you'll stick with it. I mean, it can be easy um, to feel defeated sometimes when perhaps your voice may not be heard at a C-suite meeting, right? And, and, and maybe the traditional roles in radio that you see for women in the C-suite, right, on the higher executive levels tend to be stereotypical of women, like HR, right? <laughs> like, no, women can be content producers too, right? Uh, so, but I think that we are bringing up everybody through and then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm creating my little, as I call it, army of people that go out into the industry and are going to hopefully change that landscape and make it diverse and, and really, really great. 
and here at the station specifically, not only on our shows, but we have a wonderful student management team. And every single week I go to the meetings and I notice how diverse our student management team is, at, at least with gender is concerned. Um, it, it really is great to to see all different types of perspectives, because if you don't have those perspectives, you're not you're not learning, you're not educating each other. That is true. And we do have, and it varies by semester. It depends on who comes up through the ranks of WMSC that is up to the task and someone that we can see is um, sort of reliable, right? But we do have diversity. We have, you know, Latinos, we have Black uh, uh, SMT in the, in the group. And we uh, have had a lot of diversity in the past from, you know, a group of students who are Muslims, who speak different languages, who want to do different shows. And I think that that's so important uh, to, to, to really showcase the diversity of Montclair State. And, uh, but it really does, in terms of the student managers, it really relies on their leadership skills and on the ability to do things. I will say this though, uh, I notice there's still inequality in that, in, that, in that area. And I will tell you why, because a lot of our diverse students have two to three jobs. And that's not the case for a lot of the other students on campus, right? I mean, it might be the case, but it's not always the case. And I've seen that sort of inequity and uh, being that the universities and the cost of tuition can be so high, right? They have to afford other things and sometimes even help family. So I always try to think of ways where, you know, the station is volunteer, but there are other areas in which you can become uh, sort of uh, work with clients at the university or find a way to work on campus. And whenever I get a word of, of a position of a particular a role that can be a paid role uh, or a scholarship, I make those available because I think it is important to address that gap, that inequality in, in the way that their families are, are you know, just dealing with things. Uh, so it's not just primarily that, oh, they don't care. It is that they have to sometimes make ends meet at this very young age and while trying to attend college, while attending family obligations. And I've seen it firsthand I've seen some of our previous student managers in the past, uh, you know, you, you get to see some of, of, you can't quite tell, right? And, uh, and then you know that something's not right. And then you find out that someone's sleeping in a car and they don't have a place to go, right? So these are some of the things that as a society we have to fix, which plays right into a topic that we are very passionate about this semester. Uh, which is racial justice. And, and in order for everyone to thrive, we have to provide a level playing field for everybody to learn and have the same opportunity and times to really soak this in. Right, exactly. And now that is a very good point and everything. And uh, before coming to WMSC, you worked a lot uh, with both SiriusXM and Good Morning America. After being in those uh, high-end professional studios, why did you decide to come to college radio and uh, start managing this station? Okay, so great question. So to begin with, I was doing television first, even though I began as a foreign correspondent, uh, because I was offered a role in the number one show and who would say no when they're leaving college. And I did that for five years and I really enjoyed it. I was a little bit disenamored with the sometimes topics that were called news. And um, I was also 
to be honest, uh, after five years, the 3 a.m. wake up call was getting to me. It is, it, it was fun. I really enjoy working there and I enjoy the people that I work with, but uh, there was no eight hour day ever. Like that was not a thing. And uh, there, were, there were months when I worked 21 days straight uh, and not eight hour days. Uh, a good day would probably be a 12 hour day really early and because you begin so early and the world wakes up like maybe you know three four hours after you woke up and you're doing things um your day is extended and it was really really rough on the body and so um i also love blank canvases i love to um sleep my mark and just move along and i was part of the team that launched good morning america weekend uh in 2004 and so once that show was set and going, I moved to the weekday show. And then once that was going, I got a call from Sirius asking me if I was under contract. It turns out they were looking for someone in a particular role. And they had talked to a couple of labels and like, do you know Annabella Pullen at Good Morning America? She like, you know, the, the drum set may be missing right before the, the bumper, but she seems to be cool and collected at that time. And I, and I have, a, you know, many stories in which like, yes, uh, some major part of the segment was missing. And yes, it's a moment to panic, but it's not the moment to panic with your guests because the worst thing you can do to a guest is to panic and, and, and give them that energy. So the panic may, may have been happening inside, but the guests would never get to see that because you don't want that segment to go wrong. Um, and so I got this call. I went to visit this place that was charging for radio, which was, why would you charge for radio? Radio is free, right? Uh, but I knew all that because Howard Stern had moved on, on to, to Sirius XM very shortly before they called me. And uh, my husband being someone who listened to Howard Stern for a decade, right? Or, or two decades, we had uh, gotten the service. So I went in and I was impressed. Those facilities were mind blowing. I walked in, there was like a Captain's Kirk chair and there were like these satellites like on the map floating around. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is my dream of being in media and NASA at the same time. Right? <laughs> we're doing extra, <laughs> we're doing like extraterrestrial stuff. <laughs> and so, they offered me the job and I went in as director of talent relations, which basically means you bring all of the artists that come in through the doors to do interviews, performances and such. And that allowed me to be okay. I'm doing entertainment, but not entertainment that is trying to, you know, find out why Britney was having a meltdown. You know what I mean? Or, or just try to continue to go at those stories. It was more like, hey, uh, Britney has a new album. Let's talk about it, right? So it felt a little bit better for the soul. Um, my hours were significantly improved and my days were very much, you know, I would say a 10 hour day, which was incredibly doable, except for Comic-Con. I would say those were 20 hour days and they were brutal, but super fun. And so once I made my mark, once Sirius became serious, right? Like a stop. I found out that there was a position, someone reached out and they said, uh, you know, they're looking for someone in the college. And I had always said, I will go back to college um, uh, to, you know, to give back as a professor, I'd, whatever, because my advisor was Joe Dembo, uh, the late Joe Dembo, who um, I call Dumbledore at Fordham University. And his path was the same as mine. He did 
radio, foreign correspondent, to television, right? To radio, to teaching. And I adore that man. That was the man that when I got a full scholarship to go to John Jay for criminal justice um, for a master's, and then I got the offer from Good Morning America, we sat down and he's like, is this really a question? Like, this is a dream job. Like, you can do a master's later as, as and I just finished in December my master's. So that, that one goes to Joe Dembo, right? So when I walk on that stage in June, July, whenever that particular commencement happens to be, that will be dedicated to Joe because he said you can do it any other time. So I came to teach and I always loved to teach. I always taught Spanish or English on the side as part of my many roles that I had to survive as a single first generation immigrant person in America, not knowing anyone. I had three jobs all the time. So I had a full-time job. I always taught English or Spanish on the side and I always did data entry or translations. So I could, I could pay for things, you know, I didn't have my family here. So my role, to, my role to, to give back is also to show you that someone who came in at age 22 to this country without knowing a single soul has in the Rolodex, a long list of very, very prominent names, has made a career out of it, and now has gone back and, and, and is giving back. So if I, with all of that, was able to do this, so can anyone that sets their mind to it that is currently in college. And speaking of giving back, I know you have to go, but we have one more question for you. Okay. And bringing it all back home to WMSC. You went to all of these crazy places. You met new and exciting people. Your contact list is full of people that all of us probably know. When you came back here to Montclair State, how did we take a college radio station that was a normal college radio station to the best college station in the nation oh that was a that was a process so we went from i came in we were at smith hall which is right across and to the right of where our building is we were on the third floor there was not a lot of signage the tower is not right next to us so people don't assume that the radio tower is us so unlike many other places where you see a lot of signage, we were kind of tucked in. And, um, and a lot of people didn't know that we were there. And most of our students were juniors on their second semesters and seniors. So I didn't have a lot of time to really <laughs> work with them. I did work with them, but you know, that's really rough. And just to give you an example, this is the playlist on one show, not just two different shows or three different shows. There was a playlist on my second day which was September 15, 2015. And it was a wicked defying gravity to two Katy Perry songs, to one Lady Gaga song, to Phantom of the Opera. And I'm sitting in my office and I'm like, what is going on? Because Sirius is so defined by channels, right? That you have 25 different rock channels and you're not going to hear the same kind of rock in like two or three different channels. So I walked into um, the studio. That DJ right now works at Sirius XM uh, doing politics and she was really cool. So I walked in and uh, I said, um, so tell me about your playlist. <laughs> and she said, oh, it goes with my mood. It was my second day working with students. And I was like, no offense, because obviously I'm just like, I'm trying to understand, like I'm trying to understand the connection. 
it's your mood all over the place, right? Because I'm trying to understand where like the connection is. And so we talked for a while and then that began to improve her playlist. But also I sat down with the music director. I was like, what's happening? Why is there a metal show followed by a 70s funk show followed by an EDM show? Where is the built-in audience from one show to the next? I mean, if I'm listening to the metal show and then 70s uh, funk comes on, I'm very likely going to turn it off. And if I'm on that show and I go to EDM, I'm very likely going to turn that off. And it, there was no thinking. Uh, people would just plug in their computers and just like go to town. The library was there laughing at everybody because there was not real music in there. So we tackle with music first. We move the service from Live 365 to our radio. Now, some people will say, hey, why? Why'd you sell your soul? Why you go to iHeartRadio? Like, I was like, whatever, we wanted distribution and discovery. And that's the biggest platform. And I will say this, that was one of the biggest recruiting tools that we ever have had. When we moved to iHeartRadio, people were just showing up because they knew iHeartRadio. And that was one recruiting tool. We improve our uh, talk and news. And this show was one day a week, three hours a day, very repetitive, right? So three hours, one day a week. And I was like, can you give me Monday, Wednesday, Friday, one hour? and just make it super tight and awesome. And they're like, well, we can't do it in an hour. I was like, I'm just asking you for an hour. So we went from one, one day, three hours a week to the next semester very soon after, uh, two days, two hours a day. And then the full semester, which was my year in, we went five days a week, two hours a day. And we have only gone back to one hour since the pandemic began, because it's tough to, you know, to keep people engaged. Our class times also have changed, right? So that affects a lot of you. And it's very difficult to have a show without people. So, so we went to, to, to one hour. And other than that, we have done high profile events and we have promoted those high profile events. And so we drive at a million miles per hour. So if anyone at the university, if anyone outside of the university says to me like, you know, you need to stop at this little pier over here, I'm on the boat. We're going a million miles straight. If I need to do a detour, somebody has to say something because otherwise we're gonna get to the other end and people were left out on the side. So I'm, I make it my, my mission to talk to people, you know, like, hey, Red Hawk, uh, you know, network, uh, what are you guys doing? What, what is the, what is the goal? Hey, news lab, what are you guys doing? And so we started working on this focus project, which kind of brings everyone together. We invite the Montclairian to come in and we want to take everyone on the boat, right? It's kind of like Noah's Ark, come on on, right? But you have to include people. And I will say this, we have been absolutely resourceful with a skeleton budget, a skeleton crew sometimes, we have made things happen that people out there spend a lot of money making happen. So that is absolutely key in whatever you do, because not every time you can, you can receive like $40,000 for one three-minute segment, which is what sometimes Good Morning America may spend, right? So resourcefulness, reaching out to people, value proposition for the students that are part of it. What am I giving you? other than the knowledge. Because by the way, my internship was completely free at Good Morning America, right? I actually paid to be there and, and travel and, and eat. And I would do it all over again because my payment was knowledge, right? And I got a gig out of it. For you guys, there is the hands-on experience, but then you also have me to consult on different aspects of where you may be going. You can do mock interviews. 
You can get a recommendation letter if you're doing an incredible job, right? You can get me to call someone on the back end when you're submitting through the uh, applicant system for any company. If I know someone, you know I call. If I find out of a scholarship, I am the first one to send it to you. If I find out of a job that makes sense when you just graduated, um, I will send it to you. And I still get students. I just had someone who graduated in 2017 looking for a gig. They reached out to me like, oh, we're, you know, I'm, I just want to change. I'm a freelance, whatever. I made two phone calls. She's now working full time at Beasley Media, right? So this just shows you, I mean, I cannot like, I can get you to the door and I can get you to that interview. The rest really largely depends on you, but it's the value proposition for you guys. And it's the, it's, it's, it's the kind of programming that we do and uh, what we do for our audience and what we do for our campus. Well, thank you so much, Annabella Poland, for being here and for guiding us. And as we always say, and we've been joking for years, at least since I've been here, you are our <laughs> fearless leader. Uh, you will always be here for us and we'll always be here for you. And this is, we can say it now. It feels good to say it. Do you want to say what we are, Annabella? Yeah, we're the number one station in the country, baby. It's and we'll, we'll, the upper Montclair. <laughs>